0: This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. Yeah, 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 Pierce. It. Tatum drives down and throws it down. This is my MC's, I'm kidding me. how we doing? How are you doing? And welcome to episode 179, episode 179 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How is everyone doing? I am fucking awesome. Thank you so much for asking. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some awesome podcasts like Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, Be Fit, The Hobby, Drinks After Work, Work, eat the Damn Cake, On the Promoter, He's the DJ, Rambling with a Purpose, A Chance to Strive, Burnt Toes, 30 Flirty and Surviving, Music You're Missing, and so many other great podcasts. And of course, if you're into sports cards, especially Jason Tatum rookie cards, Jalen Brown rookie cards, Marcus Smart rookie cards, you can always check out Big Night Breaks every single weeknight on YouTube, whatnot, Facebook and Instagram. And if you don't want to do it on social media, you can head down to the Card Vault, buy some packs, buy some wax, Buy some Hobby Boxes, Patriot Place, Card Vault, Foxborough, Massachusetts. Go down there, check it out. And if you want free tickets to upcoming shows at Big Night Live, you can always follow uh, Big Night Media at Big Night Media on Instagram and check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday every single Tuesday, giving away free tickets to shows at Big Night Live. And you can support the podcast, too. Head over to bignightshop.com, click the Big Night Media tab, and buy yourself some Banner Bancher podcast merchandise. And one more quick plug. Game 2. Watch Party studio b right next to big night live tickets go on sale at 10 a.m this morning it is currently one twenty-one right now when 1 a.m yep that's right i'm recording at one twenty-one a.m tickets go on sale in less than nine hours tickets are only 20 bucks we've sold out the last two watch parties the game seven watch party game one watch party it's the best watch party in the city get your tickets now come on down there's like 12 different tvs a 20 foot LED wall to watch the game. It's it's wild, great atmosphere. Come on down, check it out. Tickets go on sale. Don't miss out. They may not be available at the door. Okay, I think that's all I had to say. Let's focus on this. So, holy fucking shit. The Boston Celtics win 120 to 108 and are now up. I can't even talk. I'm so excited. The Celtics are now up one game to nothing. One game game to zero, one game to goose egg in the NBA finals against the Golden State Warriors after winning 120-108 to 108 on the road in the Chase Center, game two, Sunday on ABC at 8 p.m. Wow. 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 Absolutely crazy. Okay, let's break down this game real quick. First, let's talk about the negatives because in my opinion, there were a lot of them. So first off, Let's talk about the Celtics' drop screens. Very annoying. I can't even think straight. Like, I'm just so happy right now. Like, that's only three more games that the Celtics have to win. They have to play 500 basketball the rest of the way. It's crazy to think about, but you got to focus. It's going to be a long series. It's going to be a long, long series. But yeah. So the Celtics, if, if they do one more drop screen... This entire series when Steph Curry is handling the ball, I might call number 12 by his full name because that shit is already so fucking annoying. Now, for those of you that don't know what a drop screen is, let me explain. So if Steph Curry has the ball and he's guarded by Marcus Smart and Draymond Green, who's guarded by Rob Williams, comes up and sets a screen on Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart has a decision to make. Does he fight through the Draymond Green screen and maybe give Steph Curry an open shot or does he yell switch and then he follows Draymond when he rolls, pops... Whatever whatever the case may be, Rob Williams has a, a decision to make. He can get in Steph Curry's face, or he can drop back it more into the paint and leave Steph Curry open for more easy, wide-open three-pointers, and that is what the Celtics did a lot. And it really, 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 let me say this one more time, really bothered me because they did it so much. Daniel Tice did it a lot, and Rob did it a couple times. Al Horford, for the most part, was doing pretty well, but like the last thing you want to do is give Steph Curry any space. But there were two possessions, and it was the perfect example of it in the third quarter. Steph Curry got the screen. Rob dropped back and gave Steph Curry space, and he hit a three. Next possession down, Rob attacked him instead of dropping down and blocked a shot. Now, will Rob Williams block... Steph Curry's three-point shots every single time he doesn't drop after a screen? No, of course not. But that can make Steph Curry a little, a little bit more hesitant going forward if he sees Rob. Al did a pretty good job with it, like I mentioned. Ty did a terrible job with it. The Celtics' communication in, I would say, probably the first 18 and 19 minutes in the game defensively was absolutely fucking awful. It... it it didn't even look like the Celtics' defense. And I understand Game 1, NBA Finals, you know, everyone's talking about the experience thing, 123 games for the Warriors, 0 for the Celtics. And you you could see they were a little shook a little bit, but, like, the defense was really bad. The communication was terrible. I mean, Steph's release is too good. He is too focused. He's too good of a shooter to give him any space. And to be honest with you, I would rather have him... I would rather have the Celtics attack him every single time and have him take one of those... Underhand layups that go 98 feet in the air and somehow go in than him shooting a three pointer. Seriously. Because all those three point shots that he hit, he hit what? Six three pointers in the first quarter, which was an NBA Finals record. I would rather have him take six layups and hit all of those for 12 points versus the 18. Now, I did say on episode 178 that I thought we would see Tice more to help Rob because before the game, Ime Adoka said that, you know, Rob's probably going to be on a minute restriction. It's obviously great that we get two days off, or Rob gets two days off, I should say, or we mentally and physically and emotionally get two days off. Um, but that that's going to help Rob versus going every other day like we did in the Eastern Conference Finals. You get what I'm saying? So because the Warriors are the smaller team and you want them to play big, um, I thought the Celtics were going to have a huge advantage there, but it actually looked like the Celtics were the smaller team tonight. The Warriors got 26 second chance points, 12 offensive rebounds. I mean, there was one play where Wiggins got a wide open three after a loony offensive rebound. Tatum didn't even move. Horf- I mean, Horford was unreal tonight, but this play was really annoying. You know, Looney out jumped Al. Al didn't do a great job boxing out when he got the ball. Kicked it out to Wiggins. Wiggins got the wide open three. Tatum just watched the whole play happen. He didn't try and go after the rebound. He didn't. He didn't really try and do much. And then he didn't even fly out towards Wiggins. Wiggins. He just. He just watched him, and it was very annoying. But even though Al Horford was unreal in that fourth quarter, he cannot let Looney beat him on the boards. He can't do it. This cannot be the Heat series again when you get out-rebounded, especially in the offensive end, because the Warriors are a thousand times better offensively than the Heat are, and that's why they can score 26 points off of 12 offensive rebounds. Very, very impressive. And when you think about, speaking about impressive, you, you think about the bench. Let's be real. DW9, a.k.a. Derek White, was awesome tonight. He really was. And he may not shoot five of three for the rest of the series again, I mean, heck, he might he might only make, like, seven or eight three-pointers the rest of the series. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but we know he can be a very streaky shooter, and he was phenomenal tonight, and defensively, he was pretty good, too, which, you know, is going to be important going forward, especially for Marcus Smart. I mean, there was a good chunk of that fourth quarter that Marcus Smart didn't play where he usually does, so that just shows the trust that Ime has in him and the teammates as well, but you know who isn't? A streaky shooter, Otto Porter Jr. He has proven that he is a very good shooter, and he went four or five from three, and most of them were wide open threes, which were really fucking annoying. Now, you can argue that Jordan Poole, someone who has been very good for the Warriors, was arguably their worst player tonight. He was brutal. I mean, Clay had a fine game. Draymond Green went 2 of 12 in the game, but he's so good defensively. He got his hands everywhere. He's so active defensively. It's insane. And But let's be honest, he's never been a great shooter. Wiggins dropped 20 on over 50% shooting. So I feel like the Warriors had a pretty good game offensively, but the Celtics did a great job keeping it close because that's something that I mentioned one seventy eight on episode 178 is that the Celtics are gonna see the Warriors go on runs. How do they respond to that? And the third quarter really wasn't ideal. It was ugly. It was hideous. The offense looked very stagnant. It it just they looked clueless out there, but they kept they kept fighting. So let's talk about the good stuff. Like just a couple things off the rip on episode one hundred seventy eight. I don't know if you remember it, I mentioned that the Warriors were a plus 94 in the fourth quarter against uh, opponents in the playoffs, the Celtics beat them by 24, so that has now dropped to plus 70, so I would say that's a good thing, I also mentioned that the Warriors are now 8-0 when leading after the third quarter, and they are now, after game one of the NBA finals, 8-1, but the most important part of the fourth quarter run, and I know you're going to think it's cheesy as fuck and like, ugh, what a basketball nerd, but the Celtics had 12 assists in the fourth quarter. And nine of them were from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Five from Jalen and four from Jason. You don't hear that every day with two All-Stars. Unbelievable. Jalen may have had one-third of the Celtics' turnovers tonight, which, my God, his ball handling. Shoot me in the face. It is tough to watch sometimes. But, listen, I'm trying to forget about that. But all five of Jalen's assists tonight came in that fourth quarter when the Celtics outscored the Warriors 40-16. to 16. I mean, he started out that fourth quarter very strong. He was a plus 22 overall for the Celtics and finished with 24 points. And like I said, Jalen Brown is the most important player for the Boston Celtics in this series. And listen, Jalen trusted his teammates. Shout out to DW9 and Peyton Pritchard for dropping a combined 29 points off the bench, hitting big-time three when it mattered. And I mean, I mean, speaking of stepping up, I mean, oh my God, Al Horford, you beautiful-eyed crazy son of a bitch. 26 points, lights out in the fourth quarter, including that icing on the cake and one with the flex. Oh, well, I mean, talk about an unbelievable performance from Al Horford. I mean, that is something that, I mean, we are all thankful to, to really have Al Horford on this team. And to be honest with you, Al Horford shot six of... Eight from three in his finals debut, which is the most three-pointers ever made in a player's first NBA Finals appearance. I mean, that is bonkers. And speaking about epic debut performances, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum had 13 assists. In episode 178, I said it's okay if Tatum misses his shots as long as he makes the right place. It's okay if Jason Tatum doesn't take 30 shots a game because he's going to make the right place, and tonight he did. 13 assists. Like, it's insane. Now, obviously, are we not very happy that he shot 3 of 17? Sure. We hate these stinker of games. They seem to be happening more and more often, at least one around. It's annoying, but we're dealing with it, and we know it can't get worse, and that's only going to be a positive thing for the Celtics. Now, the Warriors' defense was lights out on him. Obviously, there were a couple shots. He was a little hesitant tonight. I felt like he didn't really catch and shoot like he caught and was kind of in like a triple threat and was thinking more when he was in that triple threat position than he was anything else. So, but Jason Tatum's 13 assists is the most by any player in their very first NBA Finals game in the NBA history. Yeah, so that's two records. But the, oh, nope, there's actually three records tonight. It's the first time in NBA Finals history, a team was down double digits to start the fourth quarter and won by double digits. So the Celtics broke three NBA Finals records tonight absolutely crazy so the the thing with tatum just real quick gotta go back to tatum i thought his defense was pretty good and the fact that he got others involved knowing that he was having a shitty game and didn't do it uh and didn't turn the ball over while doing it awesome i mean tatum only had two turnovers tonight but had 13 assists so is it like that's insane you don't get that every day but the celtics didn't give up on the road and they had every right to when they were down 15 and they didn't and they outscored the warriors 40 to 16 on the road. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Now, here's the thing. Game 2, what is going to happen? What might happen? Who the fuck knows because I wasn't expecting a 40 to 16 fourth quarter run and if you were, you're a liar. So, obviously I'm a little nervous because of how hot the Celtics shot in the fourth quarter that they're going to start off like 0 of 10. And that's just going to annoy me. But if it happens, they just have to stay the course because they know the shots will eventually fall because the shots weren't falling early for them. And especially in the third quarter, who would have thought after watching the first nine minutes of that third quarter and how terrible the Celtics offense was that they'd score 40 points in the next quarter. It's crazy. But for me, it's about being the more physical and bigger team. And I'm going to talk about it all series long. This team should not go 9 of 13 on second chance points, this team being the Warriors. Because there shouldn't be that many chances for them. Rob, I understand, is going through it. And Jason needs to get more involved in the rebounding. Jalen does. Marcus does. Everyone. They have to team rebound. So they have to be more physical and be the bigger team. Second, The defense has to communicate better. They did not communicate very well to start the game at all. A lot of open shots for the Warriors, and that cannot happen again. And listen, I know the Warriors' offense is nonstop, and it's very hard to defend, but just don't stop. You just got to control it. You're you're never going to be able to stop it. You just got to be able to control it. Like, how they played in the final three minutes of the second quarter and the final 12 minutes of the fourth quarter defensively, if they can do that throughout the entire series, they're going to win this series, hopefully. But like, you can't let their bench players get hot. Like, if you can make their bench players feel uncomfortable the whole game, then it puts more pressure on Steph. And if your defense is focused enough on Steph, and you don't do all those drop screens, you don't give him any space, that's going to make the game easier to win. And then finally, I don't want them to get too high. This could be a long-ass series. It should be and most likely being a long-ass series. You did what you had to do tonight. Get Tatum's confidence up and keep the ball moving. I mean, 33 assists. I mean, the Celtics had less than 15 turnovers, so now they're 12-2 and or 13-2 and this postseason when they have 15 assists or less. And then 33 assists. To be honest with you, I want more. 33 assists on 43 made field goals. Keep the ball moving. And... I said that the Warriors allow 14 three-pointers per game in the playoffs on episode 178, and the Celtics had a lot more than 14 tonight. So don't live or die by the three. If you have an open one, take it. No need to take the contested one. Keep moving the ball around, get the right shot, and you should be good. Game two won't be easy. But there's a shot that you can literally go back to TD Garden up 2-0 if you can communicate better defensively, be more physical, and take the right shots, especially the open ones. And that's it for episode 179 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. The next episode will be out on Monday morning. That will be episode 180. We'll talk then. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.